Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Grant. Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope. Never Ever Give Up Hope is a show about people who have done just that. They never gave up no matter what. My guests are so special because they are all winners, they are all survivors, they are thrivers, and they are victors. And it's so exciting to hear their stories. They have survived incredible circumstances. And as a result, what I'm what I have found and that really excites me is that when people go through a lot and that when I say a lot, that can mean any area. It can mean the area of abuse or sickness or devastation uh, in the financial area or any number of things or a bad marriage or problems with their children or the death of a spouse. There are, they come back with a passion. They come back from that experience with a passion to want to help others. And that's why my guess that I love so much on this show, the whole platform is people who have been there, done that, and now want to share how you too can get through that, how you can overcome the hurdles that come with pain and so many problems that we encounter. In the world we live in today is becoming less and less hopeful. And that's why this show has such a large audience and now over 140 countries of people all over the world looking for that thread, that hope, that little tip, that piece of advice that possibly will get them through. Or to have someone that's empathetic to their situation because they've been through it too. So that's why I'm excited about introducing each one of my guests because they have been there, they have done that. And they're on the other side and now can share that experience with you. I also want to thank all my listeners because if we didn't have the listeners, we wouldn't have a show. And so I thank you and I thank you for your feedback and your input and your reviews. It's exciting. With me today, I have Linda Rooks. She is an author. She has written a book entitled Broken Heart on Hold. I love that title, Linda. Broken Heart on Hold, Surviving Separation. One of the things that both Linda and her husband do are they have marriage reconciliation groups that they teach and share at. And that through this, these groups, they have seen literally hundreds of marriages that have been restored. And this is a subject that I think is so prevalent in today's society, especially in the Western culture. And I'm so glad that Linda is here to share that with us today. 
Her writings have been featured in many national magazines, and she is listed in, ready for this? Who's Who of American Women, Who's Who in America, and Who's Who in the World. So I am really proud and pleased to present to you today, Linda Brooks. Hi, Linda. Hi, it's so good to be on the show. Oh, I'm excited to hear what you have to share because as I as I said and as I know people who are listening, there are so many people who are either going through what you went through or know someone. And so I'm anxious to hear what you have to share. So let's start with your own experience on the pain of separation. Talk about your marriage, what happened, whatever you would like to share. Well, my husband and I started our marriage with what you'd call kind of a fairy tale romance. Um, we got married, and uh, he was in the military and went overseas. When he came back, we took a, a, a five-month um, journey through Europe and traveled all over and just uh, had a wonderful time, and we were so close, and we, we just had a wonderful marriage to start with. Um, and then we had some had two children. We had two daughters, and and we had a happy family. Um, but the one thing that was happening in our marriage, and started pretty early, and we didn't catch, we didn't realize, is that we weren't resolving problems. You know, mm. the 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 problems would come up, and we'd kind of shuffle them under the rug, and then we go on, and we'd act like nothing happened. And after a while, when you do that, after a certain number of years, those things start building up and bitterness starts coming through and and you start, you know, pulling away from each other to a certain extent. But the children, you know, we, we enjoyed our family life and so that kind of uh, kept us having a happy family for a long time. Um, and then there came a time when our, our kids were in high school that um, we just started arguing a lot more. Things started getting a lot more heated. When we would um, have an argument, the typical thing would be that my husband would storm out the door um, mad, and then he'd come back, go oh, maybe an hour or so later, and we'd act like nothing happened. So we never mm. would resolve anything. And this went on for a period of time. And, and then um, one Easter... Uh, we had an argument, and he left again, Like, and, and I just figured this was normal like it always was. He'd leave, and he'd come back, and I had the dinner in the oven. The ham was in the oven. I was cooking, you know, and had the dinner all, the table all set for dinner for, you know, with our nice china out and had it real special. Uh, my mother was there, and my daughter, one of my daughters was there, and all ready for a nice dinner, and and uh, he didn't come back. And we just kept waiting, and he just didn't come back. You know, the table was sitting there all set with its china, and, you know, the ham was all ready, and my husband wasn't there. <clears throat> so I didn't know what was happening. And, and so for the next couple of days, I just thought, you know, <clears throat> what is he doing? You know, is this just... Um, He's just trying to make a point, you know. He's angry, and he's just going to make a point with me or what. Um, and after three days, I started really getting worried, and I thought, what is going on here? No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, 
I called a, a mutual friend of ours, and he called um, my husband. And when he called me back, he said, he's just sitting around reading. He, my, His parents had a condominium, that they were out of town. They weren't there, so that's where he was. And they said, he's just sitting around and having a, just laid back, and he doesn't know when he's coming back. Oh, and my word. I was just. I mean, I was in shock because I thought, I thought he really loved me. I thought he'd never leave. I knew we were mm. argued. I knew we, you know, knew we had the intense times, but I never thought he would leave me. And so, the time went on, you know, days, and and I said to his friend, you know, well, how long? And he said he doesn't know. Pain was so horrible, it literally felt like my body was being ripped apart. Wow. You know, it's just, I mean, I was in such physical pain even. I was walking around like one of the living dead. You know, my mm-hmm. mind was in a fog. Nothing was making sense. My emotions were going, you know, from I'd cry and then I'd be angry and then I'd, you know, I'd be afraid, you know, what's happening? What's he going to do? And, and it just went around and around and around like that. For a, for quite a while, so um, I guess the long story short is that that went on. We were separated for three years, wow. which is a really long time. I mean, the the bad, the worst of it was it you know for about the first few months, but but um, one of the things that happened during that time when my emotions were so crazy and I didn't know what was happening is um, I am a writer, and so I would sit down at my computer and I would write my feelings down, what I was going on, what was going on in my mind or emotions or what questions I had or doubts or whatever. And I would write until I came to a place of peace and, and I could kind of see, you know, something to pull it all together for me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that ended up being the basis of the book that came out called Broken Heart on Hold. Because basically, when I was driving to work one day, going through this, I thought, it's like I have a broken heart on hold. You know, my I had a broken heart. I couldn't do anything about it. I didn't want a divorce. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know if we were getting back together or not getting back together. And so... It was like my heart was on hold, and I said that to myself, and then I thought, you know, here I'm a writer, you know, as a writer, (laughs) everything you ever experience, you think, you know, writing, so I wrote it down, and I wrote down, broken heart on hold, and then eventually, when one day, um, all of this turned into a book, that became the title of my book, that's what, um, that's what started it out. Um, So, the book is... The beginning of the book in particular would be what you had gone through as far as the pain and the concerns and the change in, in your, your life as you knew it. Yeah, the book, uh, what the book does is it talks about, um, and which, you know, many people can relate to. It's just the emotions of, of somebody, your, your husband or your wife leaving somebody that you thought was within your your life forever you know right. and and all of a sudden they're gone and the shock of that and the emotions and and so um the beginning of the book is just about 
the emotions you're going through and how um, how to pull it all together. It's it's written with really short, like one or two page chapters are really short. Okay, okay, okay. And so because and one of the reasons for that is that I know people who are going through this, they really can't concentrate on a yes, whole chapter. That's, that's you know, they could concentrate on maybe a page, mm-hmm. and they're they're so you know confused and so. Uh, hurting that it's hard to concentrate on too much more. So, and that uh, gives them time to chew on it for a while. Then, too, exactly, right? yeah, exactly, right. So, was there ever a point during this this three years where you didn't care anymore? Like, <clears throat> did you have to almost um, oh, what's the like cauterize your emotions? You know, cut them off so that um, you didn't feel that pain anymore. Did you have times of that during that three years? Well, of course, you try to do that. You know, you try to not feel, but the emotions are there. And if you try to bury them, they're going to come back. They're just going to emerge in some other way, you know. You might try to bury them by drinking, and that's not a good idea, you know, because that you end up, you know, having another problem. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you might bury them by trying to get real busy doing something, and a lot of people do that. But no matter what you do, those emotions are going to come back. Some they're going to—I mean—they're going to surface in some way, and it's usually a negative way. Um, there's only one way that I found that I could do something with my emotions that had a productive outcome, and that was to really reach out to God. I did eventually. It took a while, <laughs> but I eventually really started um, reaching out to God and asking Him to give me His peace, uh, which in the Bible it says that He will do if when we ask Him. And so um, I really turned to God, and and I went out, I went with some friends. I, friends really helped me a lot, and I think we all really need friends during a time like this, that's one of the things that can really help you. And I went out with a friend, and uh, I was going on and on. Because one of the things that happens in a situation like this is you become obsessed. You are obsessed with the situation. You cannot Mm -hmm. think about anything else. You're just, you know, you're questioning, you know, what's he going to do? What am I going to do? You know, what's he doing now? Why did this happen? You know, you're just obsessed. And so I went out with a friend and I was just going on and on and on about, you know, what um, was going on. And she said, Linda, put him on the back burner and focus on God and see what he wants to tell you to do. Mm. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> and so I really took it to heart and I really thought about that. A year after our separation had started, I just woke up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, I realized it was not all his fault. And I started seeing myself. Wow. What a revelation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I started seeing my part in the situation. Mm. I started seeing things that I had done had contributed to the situation. And so I started really spending time talking to friends, even talking to my daughters and asking them, you know, what am I doing that I, what have I done that I shouldn't do? And, and getting really humble, you know, and it's hard to do that. Um, It's hard to, 
get to a place where you're, you know, I thought I was doing everything right. You know, I thought I, you know, I was the good one and he was the bad one, you know. And so. um, But isn't that normal? It is. It is. You know, we think it's the other person's fault, you know. Mm. (laughs) So, so when you start kind of um, really realizing that it's not all of their fault and you start looking at yourself and. And the Bible is a great place to look for that because there's so many ways that um, God will bring to your attention some of your faults and some of the things that you need to do in lots of subtle ways. You know, there's a lot of the things that we do that contribute to problems in our marriage are, are subtle. You know, they're not all just real blatant, horrible things. And so a lot of it has to do with our mouth, you know, how we talk, the things that we say. I mean, one of the things I realized was that I was not as encouraging as I ought to be. Um, I learned a lot from the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, mm. where he talks about um, how men's emotion, um, how men's and women are so different in their emotional needs. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, um, you know, we as women tend to want to do for our husbands the kind of things that we need and but men need different things they need to feel really appreciated and accepted and they need to feel admired and I had not been doing those things and so those are some of the things that I started realizing and and um so so those are some of the things that um to help me through that now in your book I'm I'm assuming that you have these kinds of things written as suggestions well, in Broken Heart on Hold, yeah, you'll find them. They are they are there, but it's written in a, as I said, it's a, it's kind of an inspirationally written book. So oh, okay. you'll okay, okay. So you'll you'll find them all along the way. I mean, the people who read the book tell me that um, the book is like a friend to them. It's like oh, somebody walking wonderful. alongside yes, them and yes. and talking to them because um, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm just kind of there with them and, you know, offering encouraging things like that. And um, it's, a, it's a book that's meant to just lift people up and, and um, encourage them. And, and, I mean, the people that read it tell me they read it two or three times and they, they know that I'm feeling exactly what they're feeling. And mm-hmm. that's the reason it makes me feel, I mean, they feel like I'm a friend because they say, oh, what you're saying is just exactly how I feel. You know? mm, okay. So. I get that. I really like that. A book that's a friend. I know people do often say that as far as, you know, that they are friends of books. But you really brought it down very personal. Like this is literally a friend who understands as you're reading. It's like they understand exactly what you're going through, and that's the encouragement right there, the empathy. Exactly. Exactly, because one of the things for people who are separated is that it is the loneliest place that you can be. They actually did um, a a survey on happiness in marriage and loneliness in marriage, and um, they found of all the different states of marriage you could be whether you're in you're divorced or you're widowed or you're married or whatever 
the separated were the most lonely of all. 30% of the people, it was a 30% higher than um, anything else, 20% for divorced and 20% for widowed. But but um, the, the people who were married that were the loneliest were separated people, and that's because you don't fit in anywhere. You don't fit in with the married people, and you don't fit in with the divorced people, and you don't fit in with anybody. You know, you're and and most people who are separated are kind of keeping it quiet, not talking about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and so you don't know other people that are separated, and you know, is you're so lonely. So that's why this book is such a friend to people because it's like, oh, finally, there's somebody that's gone through what I'm going mm. through, you know. So that's kind of how how it works with people, I think. Do you think that, that people give up too easy in their marriage? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think they do because, you know, one of the reasons people give up is because they just feel so hopeless when they're in a situation like this. They don't you don't see any hope. It's like it's a dark tunnel, and you don't see how you're going to get through it. And um, so they don't. And and hopelessness is really the reason for divorce. You know, people get divorced because they feel hopeless. As long as there's some hope, they might hang on. But when you feel like there's none, you just give up. And but there is hope, and that's the thing that is so exciting because um, they also did a, a survey on happiness not oh it was several years ago but they they asked couples you know whether they were happy or unhappy or very unhappy or very happy and then they followed those people for five years and the people who said they were happy or, or unhappy they came back five years later and asked them um, you know what was going on with them now well the people who stayed married, Two-thirds of the people who said they were unhappy, unhappily married, um, five years later said that they were now happy. And the people who said they were very unhappy, eight out of ten of those people who stayed married were now happy. Isn't that interesting? It it really is because, and, and I think what this shows... And and one of the things my husband says over and over when we do our classes now, uh, one of the things he always emphasizes in the classes is that feelings change. What you feel today may be totally different from mm-hmm. how you feel six months from now, a year from now. Mm-hmm. Feelings aren't the same all the time. And so you may be going through a rough patch right now, some rough things that are going on in your life. And you're feeling really negative and you feel like you, you know, I mean, one of the most common things I hear from women is because we do, we do uh, this, these classes, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. we do these classes now for people whose marriages are in crisis and uh, it's called Marriage 911. And um, one of the most common things I hear from them and from readers who email me, and I get loads and loads of people emailing me also from the book, and one of the most common things they say is that their husbands will come to them and say, I don't love you anymore. And some of them say, I don't know if I ever loved you. And they're just devastated. Yes. And yet, you know, those same people... Many of them get back together, and the love is wonderful again. I have a new book that will be coming out. I, um, I just sent to the publisher 
called Fighting for Your Marriage While Separated. And in that book, I have a whole bunch of stories of um, people who uh, were separated and got back together and just shows just the amazing about faith that can take place in the marriages. This brings me to a a question that I don't know if you have experience or can answer this, but what about during those times or those type of people who have separated and they're with someone else and then come back? Is that a whole different process and is that a whole different healing process? That's a harder process. It definitely is. When when the spouse, and of course that depends on whether it's a temporary thing or whether it's a long-range thing, if the spouse is involved with somebody else, uh, living with somebody else, whatever, that is a lot more difficult. Um, if they've just had an affair, is definitely surmountable. And um, there, we've seen many, many, many marriages overcome an affair. If they're really entangled with somebody else, it is harder. But there is, you know, there's still hope, but it's, it is harder. And when you teach your classes, and I don't know if you address this in your book, but what about the children? Oh, I'm glad you asked. That is so important. And I have a whole chapter on that <laughs> in my new book because, oh, okay. because oh, that it's so easy when we're when we are going through this crisis, our minds are just blown away. We cannot think about anything except, you know, as I said, we just become totally immersed in our own emotions and thoughts and 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 the children, sometimes we just don't even notice them. You know, they're back in the corner and they're just suffering along and we don't even know what to do with them. And it is so important um, how we deal with the children, to really pay attention to the children. Not For one thing, not to go on and on and tell them everything that's going on. That is, that is one thing um, that it's sometimes easy to do because they're right there in the home. Um, not to do that. Um, it's important to, you know, keep them in the loop, but not to go on and on too much and, and, and protect their hearts because it's realize that they are really hurting also. Sometimes it's good to ha- let them meet with a counselor or encourage them at least to have other people they can talk to. Maybe other, uh, if there's another adult that you trust, maybe an aunt or, you know, some other family member or a friend that they can talk to, they need to be able to talk about their own feelings as terms of what's going on, um, just like you are. And and you don't want you don't want to make them your adult um, confident because they're. You know, yes. they just can't handle that. No. You know, they're they're young children, and and so you need to be very careful of that. But I have a whole. In fact, in my my book that will be coming out called "Fighting for Your Marriage," um, my daughter actually writes much of that chapter, and she talks about how our separation hit her, and mm. she's now a mental health counselor. <laughs> so Interesting, yes. So she, um, she gives advice from her perspective from what she went through and also what she's learned. And, of course, she's a good counselor. She can help people now because she's been there. So One of the things that I really appreciated when I looked at the cover of your book, it just kind of grabbed me and 
I don't know who, if you, it was your idea or your publishers or whatever, but it is incredible because there's so much emotion in that cover. What it is, is a woman holding a cup of coffee with her left hand, and you can see the indentation of where the ring was. Mm. And I think that ju- that just gripped my heart because I know so many people who are, so many women in particular, who are struggling in this. And and to see that, that's ex- it just paints the whole picture of the pain of separation. The moment that you had to take that ring off. Yes, yes. And, and what, you know, everything that, that is around that. So I really appreciate your book cover. Well, um, thank you. <laughs> tell us all, tell it, now, totally switch gears, but tell us a little bit about your children's book that you have written. The True Meaning of Easter. What age so, group would you say this book would be for? It's mainly for children from either 5 to 8 or 6 to 8, um, children that are older, um, you know, find it fun too. It's a, it's an exciting story. Other than you know, most picture books are not necessarily real exciting. They're just kind of you know nice little stories. But this one is very exciting. It's an adventure because the um, it's about a little mischievous rabbit and a plucky duck and a playful monkey, and they get lost in a forest, and it's Easter Eve, and not only are they lost, but they encounter this fearsome tiger. And the bunny has to decide how to handle the situation and whether to run away or face the tiger bravely. So it's a very exciting story and um, has beautiful watercolor illustrations. Um, Marilee uh, Piltz did the picture, did the illustrations, and she's um, done a lot of beautiful illustrations for. Um, you know, Scholastic and mm-hmm. a lot of other, lot of other. Um, but another one of the things about the book for parents um, and children that is really fun is that there really is a rabbit in the shadows of every full moon. (laughs) And a lot of people, particularly in the United States, don't know that. And if you want to see how it looks, you can go to my um, website, which is bunnysideofeaster.com. And you can see how it looks. And, and, and the next full moon, and you can see uh, the little body on the left side of the moon, and his ears are at the top. So, and then the other the interesting thing about the Easter bunny being connected to the rabbit in the moon is that the moon is what determines the date for Easter every year. And I don't know, a lot, some people know this and some people don't, but you know how Easter is always on a different time every year? Yes. Well, the way the date for Easter is determined is that it always falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the beginning of spring. And so the rabbit in the moon, you know, when I first read about this and heard about this legend, the idea of there being a rabbit in the moon, the moon determining when Easter was, and all the legends about sacrifice, the little rabbits being willing to sacrifice themselves, was so amazingly kind of going together with the Easter story that I just had to do something with it. So that's kind of how the whole thing came about. So it's a, it's a lot of allegory in the, in the book and um, it's a 
gives the children a new hero to celebrate, and it's a great little gift for the Easter basket. You know, I'm getting excited as I'm listening to you because I just finished reading the Beatrix Potter uh, series to my grandson, and he, uh-huh. you know, you know, those stories are very old, right? Yeah, right. And he just absolutely loves them, and so I'm going. To, of course, we keep reading them over and over. Well, I'm getting him this book, hands down. <laughs> well, good. And how perfect timing for Easter coming up right now. Well, it really is. It really is. And, you know, I, I sometimes go around to schools and um, read the story, you know, to the to school children. And I went to um, a little kindergarten this one time, and there was a little five-year-old boy who had never been interested in reading before. And he was so excited about the book that he came to my book signing the next day um, in, a, in another part of town. Uh, because he wanted to buy the book. So I was really pleased that, you know, it can inspire children. Children really do love it. It's got gorgeous pictures. Some oh. pictures are just, but you can see them on the website. If you go to the website okay. and then there's a little trailer, you can see more about it too. So That's exciting. Can you give us maybe a couple prime examples? I know you did uh, a couple, but maybe maybe just a little more deeper into what people actually can do when they are going through this in steps to take to maybe bring their their spouse back i don't know exactly how i'm do you understand <laughs> well that what is I'm an excellent question <laughs> because because there really are some definite things that when when this happens to do and not to do and first of all, as I said, you know, you're so obsessed with it, you know, with everything. Um, the first thing that I advise people to do is to give the spouse who left space. Because the fact that this person has left, they're trying to get, they're trying to get away from the conflict. They're trying to get away. They, they're confused, undoubtedly. They're, they're probably very confused. They don't know what they want. Um, they haven't filed for divorce, necessarily. So, um most of the time they're real confused and so they need some space and so um, that was one of the wise things I did do with my husband as I gave him some space and that was really a good thing and the other thing is to give it time you know don't don't um, try to totally resolve it right off the bat you, you've got to um, take time and one of the purposes again of my book is to help a person get emotionally and spiritually stronger so that they can make wise decisions mm. and because when you're in the middle of an emotional turmoil you just can't make wise decisions and if you do try you're probably going to make the wrong decisions so one of the important things is to give it some time and, um, you know, as my friend told me, to put um, your spouse on the back burner and give it to God and, um, and look at yourself to see what things that you can do to make changes. And, you know, pray about it and see if God shows you some things that you can do, um, changes that you can make. And um, that's another big thing to do. Find a supportive friend. 
Um, finding a good friend is important. And, and what you're going to find is if you're in the middle of that situation, a lot of your friends just want to make you want you to be happy. And so they're going to tell you, oh, you can do better than this. You, you don't need this. You know, you, you, you'll find somebody else or, um, you know, you need to move on. You know, that's the kind of things that a mm-hmm. lot of our friends that love us. Um, want to tell us but what you need is a supportive friend who is going to mainly listen to you you need to be able to just talk and talk and talk you and you know if, if you're a woman if you're a man this isn't maybe true of you but if you're a woman you know that you could be very upset and if you have somebody that you can just talk and talk and talk and talk and just get all your feelings out you're going to feel better and so you need a friend like that and and of course because of what's going on, you're probably not yourself, and so you need a friend who will be able to realize that you are not yourself, and that will, you know, put up with the fact that you're doing strange things and acting strangely and being very emotional, maybe when you're maybe not all that always that way. So um, do that, and and. Um, Realize, too, that that pain isn't going to go away. But if you can take that pain to God, um, God can take that pain and use it to make you into something more beautiful and more special and, and go, take you deeper into, your, into yourself, into the spiritual world, into... Um, Many things that will just, one of the things that sometimes people tell me too is that uh, even though they've gone through something very difficult, um, because they have gone to God with it, it has really helped them to just become a better person and to become a stronger person. And they um, are so glad for just being able to become more of what they feel like they were created to be. So um, that is; those are some things that you can do as, a, as an individual if you're going through that kind of thing that can help. One of the things that you said uh, triggered something. I am currently, um, as I think most of us, know someone who is going through one of these situations. And... I think one of the hardest things to do as the person listening is to do just that, and that is to listen. And very often when I have someone who is who calls me and they are weeping and, you know, they are crying their heart out and something just happened, maybe a moment, a trigger, you know, happened to remind them of the state that they are in mm-hmm. and the emotions are again all raw where they thought they were healed and as the person on the other end of the phone this is what I would like you to underscore as well if you would is as the person listening bite your tongue and I think it's one of the hardest things to do because as you're listening you don't want to give advice they're not looking for advice at that moment they're Mm -hmm. looking for someone to help them with their tears you know just just be there a hug even if it's an emotional hug, a virtual hug so maybe just you know reiterate that a little bit 
Absolutely. They, they need somebody that they feel that cares enough to just listen and give them support. They just need somebody to be there for them because, as I said earlier, I mean, they feel so alone and so many people are so glib, you know, they'll have some little glib answer or they'll, you know, they just won't seem to really care. Because a lot of people, you know, I found that when I went through my separation, a lot of people just kind of suddenly they are avoiding you. Well, <laughs> you yes, know, they don't know what yes. to say. So they just kind of disappear. And um, but but having that supportive friend means an awful lot. I agree, and I try to be that, and and it's not an easy place to be, to just be quiet and let them vent. Well, because a lot of times you don't know, you don't have hope, you know. I mean, if somebody comes to you, and they're telling you these awful mm. things, mm-hmm. and you think, I don't know how in the world <laughs> they're going to get through that, you know. And unless you're somebody like me, who's gone through it myself, you know, I was separated for three years and um, and I remember running into people and you know who heard that I was separated and they'd immediately start telling me about somebody that got a divorce you know and I'd <laughs> run and get away you know because I thought that's not what I want to hear but um, but it's just you just really do need people to be supportive of you during those times. I appreciate that. Is there anything else that you want to share, Linda? Well, um, just I might mention that I am, as we said a minute ago, I am writing a new book. Uh, Well, I have written the book. It's actually with the publisher right now. I don't know the release date yet, but it will be called Fighting for Your Marriage While Separated. And and it will go into a lot more, uh, a lot more depth about a lot of things that um, are helpful for people when they're going through a separation. Like one thing it talks about is finding a... A marriage counselor, you know, I mean, not all counselors are marriage counselors, and sometimes we think anybody yes. who's a counselor is a marriage counselor. So we go into things like that and a lot more details and stuff like that. And also, um, if people want to go to my website, uh, brokenheartonhold.com, there's a lot of helpful things there. Um, there's a lot of um, different kinds of things they might find helpful there's links to other programs there's um just all kinds of stuff there so um if people want to go there um i encourage that and i'm on facebook broken heart on hold facebook and um so if anybody wants to find me in any of those places i'd love to find them there absolutely and those links will all be put in your show notes and so when they listen to the interview they can you know they'll be able to click on any of those and and, um, that'll all be available to them you know what you were sharing today that me as a listener and I know many other listeners you have touched our hearts some of course are going through it right now others know somebody others may have survived and are on the other side and saying yes yes you know to everything that you said and I appreciate that you have gone through this and that you can help people and we need that more than ever and so what you have shared today I know triggers a lot of emotion and also I believe a lot of response and so as Linda said she is available contact her use her uh, tips and advice that she gives on her website 
get a copy of her book. Even if you don't need it, share it with someone. There's a lot of hurting hearts and a lot of people that need to hear this message that separation is not necessarily the end. That's right. That's right. I really, really thank you for sharing that today. Well, thank you. So wonderful being on your show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.